Hello everybody, it is December 9th, 2020 at the time of the recording, and this is Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you all for listening to the show here today. Appreciate your your support. If you want to email the show, talkingsportswithevan at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter, Evan with Sports, or on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan Facebook page. Interact with me, interact with the show. Um, Post your thoughts. I do enjoy uh, some friendly debate and banter about sports. If anyone is that so interested in coming on as a guest on the Talking Sports with Evan show and give your thoughts on what is going on in the world of sports, you are welcome to do so as well. Just reach out to me, TalkingSportsWithEvan.com. I want to thank you all once again for listening. Appreciate the support, as I just said. And today's episode, I have a couple of things to discuss with you all. The Packers beat the Eagles uh, this past Sunday. Packers are playing Detroit this coming Sunday. So I'm going to talk Packers and Packers and Eagles. I'm going to preview Packers and Detroit. I'm also going to talk a little MVP again. I know I talked about it last week and <clears throat> gave my thoughts, but it's probably going to be an ongoing thing moving forward with Talking Sports with Evan. Well, I am going to give my latest MVP thoughts and so, uh, not too much has changed for the top two spots, but I do have a new person to look at for uh, third right now. Uh, distant third, but third. So with that, uh, again, thank you for listening. And uh, with that said, Packers beat the Philadelphia Eagles 30-16 to on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> overall, good game by Green Bay. The offense continued to be dominating. Rodgers threw for 295 and three touchdowns. And, you know, the game against the Bears was all about the milestones. If you listened to the show last week, and you can go back and listen to, I encourage it. You can go back and listen to any of my, my Talking Sports with Evan podcast. I, I would appreciate the, the listens and the views. Um, but, you know, last week I talked about milestones that the Packers had against the Bears, the uh, 200th victory, Rodgers 50,000 yards passing, Devontae 400 receptions, uh, Mercedes Lewis, I think, had 200 career receptions. But anyway, a lot of milestones against the Bears. Well, guess what? The milestones continued against Detroit, coming, I mean, against the Eagles. Coming into the Eagle game, Rodgers was three touchdowns away from throwing for 400 touchdown passes in his career. And by doing so, he would be the quickest quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 touchdowns and the only quarterback in NFL history for throw, to throw for his 400th touchdown with less than 100 career interceptions. I believe he's at 88 right now. But so Rodgers get those three touchdowns in the game. You know, he had his first touchdown pass was to who else? Devontae Adams. His second touchdown pass right before halftime put the Packers up 14 to Three was to Robert Tanyan, who uh, or Tanyan, who has really developed into a uh, a good player for Green Bay this year now that he's healthy, and the the milestone touchdown number four hundred goes to who else? Devonte Adams as well. The Packers, I want to say, second drive of the third of the uh, second half. The first drive ended in a punt. I believe it was their second drive and. Packer uh, Rogers hits uh, Devontae on a quick pass at the line of scrimmage, pretty much, and Devontae does the rest, and he gets in for the touchdown to make it twenty to three at that point. 
and Mason Crosby missed the extra point. But, you know, the celebration I thought was great. Devontae, you know, presenting Rodgers the ball like, you know, like he was uh, some royalty. And uh, I didn't see who it was, but somebody putting the crown on, you know, Rodgers as well. And with that, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. I love the group celebrations. I liked them when the St. Louis, at the time, the St. Louis Rams had their old bob and weave. I liked it then. I was not happy the NFL got rid of group celebrations. And now the NFL is allowing group celebrations. I think last year, the year before, they started allowing group celebrations again. And I missed the Lambeau Leap, but I enjoy what the Packers come up with for their celebrations. Um, and I hope the NFL continues to allow group celebrations and they don't turn back into the no fun league. But with that said, I, like I said, I enjoyed the celebration. So, you know, Packers after, um, three quarters are up 20 to three. Third quarter as you know, been kind of an issue at times this year. It doesn't go as planned. Jalen Hurts comes in for, uh, the bench, uh, Carson Wentz, who, Jalen Hurts is now the starting quarterback for the Eagles this coming week against the Saints. Um, he throws a touchdown pass in the game. Um, fourth and 18, zone coverage, throws it right over the top of uh, Alexander and uh, Savage to Greg Ward Jr. for a touchdown. And then the Packers punt on the following possession, and it gets returned for a touchdown by Jalen Rieger. And just like that, we have a ball game, 22 um, sorry, at that point, it was, yeah, 22, uh, uh, 23 to 16, it's the Packers Mayo to field goal, I'm sorry, Packers up 23-16, and what do they do? They give the ball to Aaron Jones, and he goes 77 yards for a touchdown, ends the game with 130 yards on 15 carries, at 77 yarders, put what put him over the top, and a couple guys to tip your hat on, um, with that touchdown run. David Bakhtiari, the now highest paid tackle in all of football, out there running with them pretty much stride for stride. Uh, MVS, as much as he makes you want to pull hair out, if I had hair, which I don't, makes you want to pull hair out. He uh, was down there blocking as well. And I heard this comment on Packaday podcast I was listening to, and I agree with it. At one point, I thought MVS was actually going to tackle Aaron Jones. Um, uh, it's from... Uh, Today's episode of Packer Day podcast, and I agree. It looked like Jones was, I mean, MVS uh, was going to bring Jones down with the way he was flying in there. But nonetheless, the Packers get the victory, and the Packers went 30 to 16. So, a few things stand out to me. I think, and I know it's the Eagles, and you uh, you take anything with, you know, with the Eagles with the grain of salt. But I, I enjoyed the game the Packers offense played. Um, you know, there's elements to the game, and Dan Orvosky uh, from ESPN was talking about it um, today on uh, Twitter, and he showed one play where Malik, uh, Marley, um, Malik Taylor caught a crossing pattern, which was basically, it was a, uh, a two, uh, a two basically a two-point and one. He could either go to the screen pass to Aaron Jones if the linebacker stays with the crossing route or hit Taylor if the linebacker covers Jones, which is looking like man coverage. Uh, the linebacker did exactly what um, 
the Packers were expecting, which was go with Jones, and they hitched Taylor wide open in the middle of the field. You know, one of the things I like about, um, one of the biggest things I like about um, uh, uh, Matt LaFleur in regards to uh, Mike McCarthy is, especially the later Mike McCarthy, it's like he refused to run mesh routes, crossing routes. Uh, he didn't really attack the middle of the field. I don't know if it was a Rodgers thing or a um, uh, McCarthy thing, but Rodgers has completely bought into what LaFleur wants done, and Rodgers is having an MVP year with this offense. And, I, you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. This offense that Matt LaFleur runs, it's similar to what, what Kyle Shanahan runs in San Francisco, similar to what um, um, Sean McVay runs with the Rams, similar, similar concepts. It is designed, <clears throat> it is designed to maximize the ability of the quarterback. That's why you see Jared Goff have success with it. That's why you saw Matt Ryan have success with it. That's why you saw uh, RG3 when Mike Shanahan was the coach, have some success with it. It maximizes the production of the quarterback. And Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback this system has ever had. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame, bona fide, first ballot Hall of Famer, arguably one of the top quarterbacks the NFL has ever seen from a talent standpoint. Running an offense that maximizes the ability of the quarterback, and that quarterback has bought into the offense completely. and. One of the biggest differences I see between last year and this year, last year the Packers were were not fully running the floor offense. They were kind of half in to help Rodgers develop and learn the new system. This year, all the McCarthy concepts are gone, and they're running Matt LaFleur's scheme and Matt LaFleur's system. And his system gets guys open. Gets guys open so Rodgers doesn't have to hold the ball as long. So Rodgers can get the ball into the playmaker's hands and allow the playmakers to make plays. Doesn't help that Devontae Adams is basically re, re uh, developed some skills on his own. Uh, you know, he's always been great route runner, uh, strong hands, strong running after the catch. Well, now he's uh, able to go up and get the ball, as you saw his touchdown against the Eagles, his first one, and a touchdown against I think it was the Bears, where he just went up for the ball. Or no. It was uh, Jacksonville when he hurt his ankle. You know, just high, was able to climb the ladder, high point the ball, get it, and come down with it. And the team itself has bought in, and they got a very good offensive line. And we saw that against the Eagles. Packers are getting guys open. Lazard. Um, uh, yeah, Lazard had three catches for 50. Tanyan had four for 39. Lewis had one for 36. Aaron Jones, three for 18. The mentioned Taylor, 1 for 14. Jamal Williams, 2 for 10. St. Brown, 1 for 7. And MVS dropped a uh, a bomb that would have uh, put them in, uh, in, in the gold zone or close to it on the opening possession of the second half. Um, the Packers touched down to make Rodgers get the 400th. Uh, career passing touchdown. The, the drive was start uh, started at the two yard, one or two yard line, and Rodgers just had an incredible throw that I still don't know how Devontae Adams caught it. So, the way the Packers offensive playing, 
if they're able to find, you know, because the Eagles do have a physical front. Um, Fletcher Cox is a hell of a player. And there is one player in particular, um, I forget his name off the top of my head. I think it was number 97 for uh, the Eagles that he seemed to be giving, um, he seemed to be giving um, Lucas Patrick all he could handle. You know, he seemed to be a handful. But the Packers were able to move the ball, and they took advantage of what the Eagles gave them, and they ended up scoring 30 points. So for, I think, all but, what, two games this year, they scored 30, 30 or more. Um, I think it was, what, the uh, the, I mean, the the Buccaneers loss and the uh, Vikings loss. So the only two games they didn't score 30 this year. Defensively, for the most part, there are things that I saw by the defense that I really liked. Um, the only things there are some things you need to work on. Now, like the first play of the game for the Eagles, for example, uh, Martin has what should have been a tackle for loss. He gets juked out of his socks, and uh, Sanders gets a pretty good gain to, uh, on that. The first drive for the Eagles, the Packers struggled to get the Eagles off the field. And part of that is, I think, Mike Patton feeling out what the Eagles are going to do. You know, the Eagles are in the scripted part of their offense. Petten wants to kind of see what kind of personnel the Eagles are running in and out, what kind of uh, uh, what kind of offense they're going to run that game, where are they trying to attack, before he kind of settles in what he uh, he wants to do defensively. Um, but they did force the Eagles to kick a field goal on that series, and the uh, Packers kind of ran out from there after uh, going three and out on their first possession, which doesn't happen very often this season. But I like the pressure the Packers got on Wentz. Uh, they sacked, I think, Wentz, I want to say, five times. I think they had six sacks total in the game. I could be yeah, I could be a little wrong there, but I think he had six sacks total, five against Wentz. And uh, Rashawn Gary's continuing to uh, play extremely well up front, continuing to develop into the, the player we were hoping he was going to be when the Packers drafted him 12th overall. Kingsley Kiki, uh, two sacks in the game. He's uh, getting better and better each and every game. Uh, he's using his hands better as well, using his leverage better. Um, he can be a big, uh, big component, a big uh, uh, difference maker down the stretch potentially. Um, Kamal Martin, other than getting juked out of his socks, he's a guy who's not afraid to attack. Um, Savage is in his zone right now, second straight game with an interception and. I've said it and other people have said it that once he gets that, you know, first interception, they're going to come in bunches and he got the first. Now he's got the second. Now he's got the third. And the thing is, all three of his interceptions, he uses athleticism to put him in position to make the play. Now, the Bears won. The first one against the Bears was more him running with the receiver stride for stride. But still, you know, he used his speed and quickness to get there. Um, the second one against the Bears, he uses uh, athleticism to get back there and pick the ball off and be in the right place. And against the Eagles, the same thing. He's using his athleticism to get himself in the position he needs to be in to get that interception. So with Gary, with Savage, and with Kiki, if those three continue to play well, that 2019 draft class that a lot of people were down on is looking brighter and brighter each and every day. Because guess what? The starting center from the game was from the 2019 draft class. They probably the one of the best interior linemen in the NFL right now in Elton, Elton Jenkins. 
He's played left tackle this year. He's played right tackle this year. He's played left guard. He's played right guard. He's played center. You name it, he's played it this year, and he's played it at an extremely high level. So, but, you know, a couple down things uh, of the game. At times, the Packers did struggle to stop the run, and I know overall the Eagles didn't run the ball well anyways, and part of that was the, the deficit. Sanders, 10 carries for 31 yards. Hertz was able to exploit them a little bit, five carries for 29 yards. Um, Howard, four carries for 19 yards. And he's a guy that if he saw the field better, he probably would have busted some uh, big gains in there if uh, he would see the field better. But thankfully, uh, Jordan Howard is not Delvin Cook. Thankfully, Miles Sanders is not Delvin Cook. And he was running, they were both running into the back of people quite frequently in this game. Um, the other thing, special teams. For the second straight game, the Packers missed an extra point. And for the second time this year, they have allowed a punt return for touchdown. And a gunner wasn't where they were supposed to be, and boom. And I've talked about this before. It seems like every time the Packers give up a big play, you can point to one or two guys or three guys on the field and point that that is why the play went for a big game. Um, this person didn't play the right gap. This person didn't go where they were supposed to go in coverage. This person didn't run down the field as the gunner where they were supposed to run down the field. You could always point to a couple areas where if the Packers would have just done this, the play would not have been as bad. And those are things that should get cleaned up on film, but we still see the same things creep up every now and then. If the Packers' defense just does their job, if the Packers' defense plays the correct gaps, and we, we saw against the Eagles, too, when they play the right gaps, when they do their job, you cut off any running lanes, and the back doesn't really have anywhere to go, and you allow everyone behind to cr uh, crash down and make the play. The other thing, you know, Preston Smith at times, especially on um, – there was a play where they faked the handoff, I think, to Howard or Sanders, and then gave it to the receiver. The receiver did an end around. For the second time in three weeks, um, San, uh, Smith crashes inside, allows the, the polling lineman or the tight end to not have to even worry about blocking him because he's so far inside. So now you have the tight end as the lead blocker for the wide receiver, um, Rieger on the end around, Romy went for 11, thankfully, but it could have been much worse if uh, Amos and company wasn't so quick to force him out of bounds. So little things they got to clean up. It's not all but uh, rainbows and butterf butterflies, but the most part it was. And it wasn't a perfect game, but at the end of the day, each win means the same. You are one game better than you were the week before, every time you win. So moving on. Packers are now playing at Detroit this coming week. The last time the Packers played the Lions, they won 42-21. Um, Devontae Adams left that game early with a hamstring injury. Aaron Jones had a huge game, 18 carries, 168 yards, and two touchdowns uh, rushing. Four catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown receiving. Rodgers, 18-30 for 240 yards and two touchdowns. And the Packers just ran the Lions pretty much out of the building. Um, and when the Packers took the lead in the game, it was the first time the Packers had a lead against Detroit 
in three tries. Hopefully they can take the lead early in this game as well. They got four sacks of Matthew Stafford the last time they played. Uh, they held, they, Peterson had 41 yards on seven carries, but the Packers jumped out to a, uh, you know, a big lead in the third quarter. So the Lions couldn't really rely on the run at all. Um, and they, they covered the Lions pretty good for the most part down, down the field. Cephas had a big catch for 36 yards. Hockison had a big 29-yard, uh, or Hall had a big 24-yarder. Um, but you eliminate those, and you're much different position. The Packers, with the loss of Devontae Adams, who had three catches for 36 yards on three targets. Uh, MVS, three catches for 64 yards on seven targets. Alan Lazard, three for 45. Um, Tanyan, two for 25 and a touchdown. And Tyler Irvin, one for four. Now, the Packers won't have Tyler Irvin in this game. They won't have Raven Green in this game. They won't have Billy Wynn in this game. All placed on the IR um, with injuries. But, and you don't really know what you're going to see with Detroit. Um, Detroit having their second game with their interim coach. They won week uh, game number one with their interim coach, uh, Daryl Bevel, um, former Packer assistant coach, former Badger quarterback, um, Daryl Bevel gets his first win as interim coach, which, fun fact, interim coaches are 3-0 in their first games coached um, after being named interim coach. Raheem Morris got a victory. Romeo Cornell got a victory. Now Daryl Bevel gets a victory. But, you know, the the the, the Lions are 19th in, in total offense, 28th in total defense, 12th passing the ball, 28th running the ball. Packers are second in total offense, first in scoring offense. 11th in defense, 5th in passing, 8th in rushing. The Packers should win this game. Is it going to be easy? I don't know. Weird things tend to happen when the Packers play in Detroit. The Hail Mary five years ago um, last month, um, two, uh, five years ago, two weeks ago, the Hail, the uh, famous Hail Mary with uh, Rodgers to Rodgers. Um, but if the Packers play their game, if, if the Packers play their game, they should beat Detroit. Um, Rodgers should have a field day thrown against this Detroit defense. Aaron Jones should have a field day. I, I, I think Aaron Jones is going to uh, break 100 on the ground rushing and probably flirt with 100 catching the ball because Detroit is not very good defensively. Um, the only thing is you don't really know what Detroit's offense is going to bring. Now that Bevel doesn't have the, you know, he doesn't have – um, you know, the head coach uh, kind of potentially over, you know, overruling anything he might try to do. Not sure if that was the case prior to uh, the making the change, but now he doesn't have to worry about it. Uh, Matt Patricia being let go. I think the Packers win. I think it might be a little close early, but I think the Packers pull away in the second half and win by double digits. They're going to break 30 again. I think they could push 40. And the Lions are going to struggle to score 20. So Packers are going to win by double digits. I, I, I'm i pretty comfortable with that one. So I'm going to pause there really quick um, before I move on to MVP talk. want to encourage you all, if you are looking to get healthy for the new year, you can shoot me an email, coachevan66 at gmail.com. And if you want some help and advice and some motivation and some coaching, I am here for you. You know, we are December 9th. Christmas is around the corner. New Year's is around the corner. 
this is a time people start kind of thinking about what they want to to work on in the new year, what they want to improve on in the new year. Let me help you. Coach Evan 66 at gmail.com. Right now I'm doing a great program called Over the Edge with Chris Downing. Um, Chris Downing, former beach body trainer. Now he uh, is on his own and his program. I'm on day three and wow, am I enjoying it. And I think you'll love it too. If you're interested in learning more, Coach Evan 66 at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let's talk. And if it's something that you don't think we're going to work out for you, I'm still going to be here to encourage you to, to make those positive choices and positive uh, changes in your life. If you're in the Racine area and you're looking for a gym to go to, check out Flex Gym on Horlick, uh, uh, right across the street from Horlick on, uh, on uh, Rapids Drive. Check them out. Um, great gym, great environment, great people. That's where I go when I do need, uh, when I'm doing weights and I need heavier weights than what I have at home. That's where I try to go to. So check them out as well. Flex Fitness Center in Racine, or like I said, you can email me and I'll get you some information on that as well. If that's what you want, if you're in the Racine, Kenosha, Milwaukee area. So moving on. Last week I talked NFL MVP. I basically said it was a two-man race from here on out between Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, with Derrick Henry being a distant third, dark horse guy if he breaks 2,000 yards. And his December stretch typically is really, really good. So I, I, I partially thought that he would uh, have a, you know at least have a big game against Cleveland. Well, he didn't. He had 60 yards. Not saying he can't still. Uh, flirt with 2,000 yards, but he is a little behind the eight ball now after his game against Cleveland, which looked like it was going to be a huge blowout. And, uh, you know, there was going to be a huge blowout, but the the uh, the Titans made it interesting in the end, but the Browns end up getting the win. Um, I still say, I still say it is a two-man race. Um, I still say it's going to be between Rodgers and Mahomes, and I still think we're going to have a tie. I think when the voting is all said and done, it's going to be a tie between Rodgers and Mahomes, just like when it was a tie between Peyton Manning and Steve McNair and a tie with uh, Brett Favre and Barry Sanders. I think we're going to have a tie. I think we're going to have co-MVPs this year because I don't, I don't know how you pick one over the other. I really don't. They're both putting up great numbers. They're both putting up ridiculous numbers and as I said I don't understand how you pick one over the other I have a hard time figuring that out and that's one of the reasons why I think it's going to end up being a tie I would love if Rodgers wins it outright but if he doesn't and he ends up winning the Super Bowl I could give two you know what's about the MVP um I want the Packers to win the Super Bowl that that's that's what I want I know that's what we all want but I think the guy who is a distant third now is probably Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen jumped over um, Henry after uh, Allen's performance against San Francisco, where he just had a ridiculous game against a pretty stout defense. And I, like I said, I think he is now he's a distant third. And here's the thing. The NFL is a week-to-week league. So this time next week, Derrick Henry could be my third-place uh, guy for MVP again. That's how quickly it can change. 
That that's how quickly it can change. And as long as Rodgers and Mahomes are performing the way they are, as I said, those two are going to stay where they're at. But I think it's going to keep flipping back and forth. So what are your thoughts on MVP? Is it Rodgers? Is it Mahomes? Is it somebody else? Are they going to be tied? Comment on my Facebook page, Talking Sports with Evan. You can t- tweet at me, um, Evan with Sports, or you can uh, email me, Coach Evan. No, sorry, Talking Sports with Evan at gmail.com. So, finally, I want to talk some Milwaukee Bucks, and I want to try to talk some people off the off the ledge for a couple of things. So, first thing I want to kind of talk some people off the ledge about. So, the, the Bucks had their uh, are going through their media dates. Coach Bud has his session, and the question was asked about, is this uh, NBA Finals or bust? Is this championship or bust season? That's what was asked. That's what is, uh, And then he said, you know, I'm sure outside of the, the locker room, that's how you guys are looking at it, but inside the locker room, we don't look at it that way. And, oh, my God, you would have thought that he kicked somebody's dog. People were flipping out, freaking out that – and I know Bud, a lot of people, myself included, is a little wore off from him for the fact that, um, you know, what happened in the bubble last year in the playoffs, losing to um, Toronto the year prior, and then to say that they don't look at it as his finals or bust. Um, it, it rubbed people the wrong way, and I understand why it did. I get that, okay? And you have the right to feel that way. But the thing is, don't freak out too much just because Bud said he doesn't look at it as NBA Finals or bust. Coaches don't look at things that way. Players don't look at things that way. And why would he want to add unnecessary stress, unnecessary nerves, unnecessary pressure into the Bucks locker room by saying, yes, if we don't win the NBA Finals this year or we don't make the NBA Finals this season to failure? Why would he add that? It's called coach speak for a reason. And I'm perfectly fine with Bud downplaying if this is NBA Finals or bust. I'm perfectly fine with him downplaying that. I wouldn't expect anything else. Y'all, I'm sure in-house he's pushing the guys hard that this team has the potential to be something very special with Holiday now, um, with some of the other moves they made. Uh, Middleton still you know, ascending player in my opinion. I'm sure inside the locker room, he's pushing the guys to, you know, try to be the best that they can be. But he's not going to say to the media that if we don't make the finals this year or if we don't win the finals this year, this season's a, a disaster. They don't look at it that way. So you don't need to freak out if he doesn't publicly say that to the media. Again, it's called coach speak. Coach is never going to say it's playoff or bust or Super Bowl or bust. NBA finals or bust. NHL, Stanley Cup, or bust. They're never going to say that. World Series or bust. They're just not. So I'm not going to get worked up over something that there's not a coach out there that would say it's this or bust. There's not. So just relax. Take a breath. It'll be okay. And now with Giannis. The other thing that people are freaking out about. Because he was asked about a Supermax today. He finally had his media availability. People have been speculating since he got back to the States, back to Milwaukee, if he was going to sign the Supermax uh, the day he got back, the Sunday after he got back, when when practice started, 
his birthday. And, I, and I'm, I'll admit, I was one of those as well. I thought perfect time for him to announce that he's signing long-term in Milwaukee, his birthday. Why not? He didn't. And when asked today, he said that's between his agent and uh, Lazary and Horst. I get the frustration with people. Just sign the damn thing if you're going to sign. And the longer you, you wait it out, the longer you uh, you don't sign. I know people are feeling less and less likely that he's going to sign. But just relax. I think ultimately he will sign the extension prior to the 20, uh, December 21st deadline. And if he doesn't, I think he'll sign it next year. But the thing is... I'm seeing that we need to trade Giannis now. Um, just get what you can get for him. He's not committed to Milwaukee. Move him now so you can, you know, try to have some more draft picks to try to rebuild this team. That's crazy talk. <laughs> you don't trade Giannis. And if you, if you, if he does leave after this year, so be it. You you went all in for an NBA title this year. You did your best. It didn't happen, or if it does happen and he leaves, then he's Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. He brought to the NBA title, then he left. Um, he obviously looked at it differently if that happened, if he doesn't and leaves. But you don't trade him. You, you try to win an NBA title with him. That's what you try to do. And if it doesn't happen this year and he leaves, it's part of business. Unfortunately, it's part of business. Now the Bucks need to figure out if they're going to – Try to continue to try to be a competitive team if they can without him? Or do they just want to rebuild, tear everything down, ship guys out, and try to accumulate assets and try to start, quote, building for the future again? But that's the Bucks' decision to make. But the thing is, like I said, I still think he signs. I still think he puts his name to uh, paper before the deadline. That's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to wait till the last minute because maybe there's still a few things that the GM and the agent are working out. The money people, the bean counters, maybe there's still things that they're figuring out to be included in this contract. Maybe they're looking for an out, you know, a termination clause like Anthony Davis got in, in L.A. But either way, first of all, enjoy Giannis while he's here. And secondly, I, I'm still pretty comfortable that Giannis, at the end of the day, is going to sign his contract. I don't see any reason why he doesn't. He loves the city. He loves Milwaukee. He wants to win championships here. He wants to bring a title to Milwaukee. I feel he is very sincere. Giannis doesn't strike me as someone that's just going to blow smoke. He strikes me as someone that is very sincere when he says that. So, with that said, um, I want to thank you all for listening to Talking Sports with Evan. I'll be back with you all next week, um, hopefully talking about another Packer victory and previewing the Packers' next upcoming game. Talk uh, the latest rankings for me on the NFL MVP. And uh, anything else that happens between now and then sports-wise, maybe on the signs, maybe he doesn't. Um, Bucks have a preseason game coming up on Saturday. Maybe I'll talk some uh, Milwaukee Bucks upcoming season. I don't know, but that's where you got to listen.
So, hope you all have a great rest of your night, great rest of your week, great rest of your day, whenever you're listening to this. And thank you so much for the support. Make sure to share this with your family and friends so you can spread the word on the Talking Sports with Evan show. And with that said, I'll talk to you later.